I'm Sanjeet Sethi, and this is On Topic, Conversations on Cultural Leadership. Ifra Mansour is a Somali refugee, Muslim, multimedia artist, and educator residing in Minnesota. I was fortunate to talk with Ifra in mid-May about how those identities are vitally important to her work and about how curiosity, dialogue, and representation are so necessary in the art world and beyond. I am grateful for all the identities I list on my artist bio because I feel like our identities comes with these elements of shame, these elements of like not feeling proud. Like it's, it's so important for me to add the word refugee because I felt like there were times where American, uh, new Americans were made to feel ashamed because they come with a refugee background. Ifra has a way of describing things which really resonate with me, and I think is a reflection of the type of care she places on words through her work as an artist and playwright. Um, I'm fortunate to be joined uh, today by Ifra Mansour, Somali artist, uh, cultural provocateur, maker, playwright, um, installation artist, and, and more. Uh, Ifra's work um, is more than just about representing the Somali um, experience, but about a broader uh, notion of a cultural discourse that really transcends um, uh, any single medium. Uh, Ifra, I'm so glad to have you join me this afternoon. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. You know, I've never been called a cultural provocateur. I don't even know what that means, but it's so fancy. I'm, I'm glad you like it. I, 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 when I'm looking at your work, and I'm, I'm sorry we're not able to meet right now in person, uh, I like the way it, it pokes and prods and nudges people with uh, a degree of um, satire, but also it, it's pointed, it's acerbic. Uh, uh, and, uh, and so that's why I felt like the label uh, applied. Uh, but by all means, feel free to, to change that around. Um, well, you know, I'd love to just to talk to you a little bit about um, um, what the transition was like for, um, uh, I think you came to Minnesota to do high school, is that right? And you grew up in, um, uh, uh, in Somalia before that, is that correct? Um, I, so, so my family danced, danced around in America, um, always looking for a better community for better jobs. So the first state, um, or the first city that we lived in was actually Dallas in Houston, uh, in 1998. And then my family were like, we felt isolated and didn't see any black people. So we literally fled to Seattle, Washington, which we learned that there were a few other Somali families that has been resettled there. Uh, and I lived in Seattle, Washington for the, the better parts of my American beginning years. Um, and then I moved, um, then my family moved to, uh, what is, what is it, what is it, Minnesota? Cause my dad was having a hard time finding a job in Seattle. Um, and, uh, and also, um, uh, my parents, uh, which we'll call it, uh, separated. Um, I, as, uh, what is it, uh, what is it, um, as a recent, uh, which we'll call it, uh, immigrant and a high schooler who finally just learned English and made best friends. I was not happy of moving to Minnesota. Um, I remember just like crying and like wishing that I, 
that I knew the idea of like, what it, what is it? What is it? Um, what is it? Uh, getting emancipated from my parents so I can still stay in Seattle, Washington. But unfortunately that didn't happen. Um, so my family came to Minnesota in 19, what is it? Uh, 2003. I think what's really interesting is that uh, what it, what is it um, in Seattle, Washington? There were very few Somalis or Black Muslims out there, and I remember being sometimes like the only Muslim, the only refugee, the only um, uh, what is it? What is it? What is it? Uh, immigrant uh, kid in a school versus to come into Minnesota, where I instantly would be like the fifth Ifra in a classroom. So I always like to talk about, you know, what is it? Uh, the double cultural shock of like coming to Minnesota, coming to a state that has so much beautiful Somalis in it. Um, in a weird way, I felt like, darn it, I'm not the, um, I'm not the special one Somali kid in this class or in this school. Um, those are things that I remember from um, my beginning years of um, of being in um, in America. So yeah, my family danced around in the states. You know, I think that that the way you mentioned that transition, especially between Seattle um, and Minnesota, um, had to have been just so challenging, especially when you're you're at, you're at that age, you're building such strong social bonds. Uh, but like you mentioned too, where you're in the city where uh, for better or for worse, you're um, you're exotic. You're uh, some you're an individual that felt like you had a unique identity, and then you come to the the largest congregation of Somalis in the United States. And like you mentioned, you're one of four or five Ifras in a in a class. So all of a sudden, that specialness is lost a little bit. Absolutely. No wonder I wanted to flee back to Seattle right away. But what's really interesting is that um, another cultural shock is that, you know, I, like I feel like um, as immigrant, especially as kids, like you rush to become American. So when I came here, I, I just looked like another super Americanized teen. Um, so it was also like a, a, a cultural shock within my community of like having a bunch of bunch of Somali elders like yelling at me and like saying, okay, where, where is your hijabi? Where, where is your pant? Uh, well, where is your skirt? And so it was just really interesting. I've, I've just been like, um, reminiscing back to those times. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and have you, have you, um, have you been, um, have you been back? Um, I think you were you were born in Saudi, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, have you been back to either Saudi Arabia or to Kenya, where you were in a refugee camp before then? You know, I have not. That's something I feel like I don't have in common with every other beautiful Somali folks. Um, I feel like, especially Minnesota Somalis, they're so good at like having such a strong ties with with um, with our mother country. A lot of um, a lot of families make a point to um, to do what is it a, a family vacation or like uh, what is it a, a cultural education or Islamic education during the whole summer by going back to Somalia or going back to Kenya or even going back to Saudi Arabia for businesses and um, unfortunately I feel like my my family never had enough the financial means to be to do that so and as an adult I've never gone back um, 
I always feel like um, my, my dad was, um, what is it, um, was recently in Somalia and he, he came back. I was like, that was like eight months that I could have gone and visited Somalia. But I think for me, like, I feel like I, I have this like deep spiritual um, need to, 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 to do it in a right way. And I never felt ready. <laughs> I never felt ready to go back home. Um, well, it's got to be nice to be able to try to make that, that trip on your own terms, right? To, to yeah, make exactly. it it's a familial obligation or a, um, a sense of routine, um, but, to, but to do it. I'm, and I'm sure when you, when you do do it, my sense it'll, um, it'll have a greater degree of gravity to it for you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I'd love to know, um, and I know you've mentioned this in, um, in different places where you've been interviewed or, or you've written about, which is um, that at a certain point in time, as you're part of this larger diasporic community here, and it's cold beyond belief, and there's kind of a broader kind of white um, uh, you know, hegemonic kind of, um, presence here, you start to, you start to lilt towards creative practices as being something that helps sustain you. Uh, and I guess I'm wondering if you can just talk a little bit about that shift. I, 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 I can imagine it wasn't overnight. Um, but I just wanted to know if you, if there are maybe specific moments in time that you thought, wow, as I look back, that's one point in time where I realized I was starting to make this shift or this turn towards a, a more creative practice. Yeah. Well, I think as, as, as I've been, I, I, I feel like creating the show, how to have fun in a civil war made me dig through my childhood experiences with that. I notice all the memories that I've always just like bypassed and said, those are not important. Like, um, when I was a kid, I was notorious for making things with my hands. I would make dolls. Um, and then of course, um, my two, um, my two older brothers, you know, were, were these like arch nemesis who would destroy my dolls. So I would be constantly either fixing or like making it. Um, and I think um, at one point I even set my mother's lovely kitchen on fire because I had decided to make a full meal for my doll that I created a story for. So it's, it's just really interesting to just notice how as, as a child I, I, I exhibited all this creativity, but I think people were focused on more important things like surviving a civil war <laughs> and um, I, what is it um, in getting us to a safer place. And um, even in high school, I remember um, I would doodle. I used to doodle so much. Um, and I think only then when I got to college and I was on track to be an elementary school teacher that I've gotten a, a job um, at, uh, what is, what is it? Um, at a theater and that theater, I, I, I saw African-American, um, actors and actresses on stage, just breathing life to stories. Um, and I also, I remember not thinking right away that I, that's what I wanted to do with my life. I remember just like having just visceral awakening of just watching these beings that look just a little bit like me. Um, and, um, I think, uh, uh, what is, what is it? Um, what is it? Uh, working at mixed blood theater, that was a critical, important 
place that helped me sort of like awaken my passion. Um, um, but I think, but, but, but I do feel like, um, throughout my life, um, there were all these like little nuggets that uh, no one noticed around me, including myself until I've gotten like old enough and like was creating artistic work about it and noticed, Oh boy, if only, if only someone noticed that early on, where would I be? Um, I, th- I think, um, I always think back to my grandmother who, um, who actually took care of me and my siblings when, um, when we were in Somalia. Um, I think my grandmother didn't necessarily say, go be an artist. Um, I think what she did is that she, um, she nurtured our interest. I, I remember like I wanted to tell lavish stories and my grandmother would, um, after after a long day of like farming, um, she would come home and at night we would all be sitting outside and she would tell us stories and then she would always give me a turn to tell a story. And then the most sometimes I would be retelling a story that, that she told, but a lot of times she would allow me to make a silly one. Um, I think that was just a, a minor way my grandmother just like give give me the blessing to... I guess, to do what I would end up doing 20 years later um, as an adult. Um, um, and I think um, just folks who given me my first opportunities, given that I was, when I was finishing college and was ready to start teaching, and I, there was no way I was going to go back and like grab another degree, grab another loans um, for acting. So all the theaters that gave me my first opportunity, like, Mixed Blood Theater, Bethlehem Theater, Media Arts, Patrick's Cabaret. Unfortunately, most of these theaters don't exist anymore except, um, um, what is it, um, except Mixed Blood. So these theaters that practically like, you know, you know, drove themselves to the ground nurturing talent and artists like me and other artists that are creating amazing community work right now, it makes you think about there's this greater conversation about the Minnesota arts access resources and fundings. Um, yeah. Sounds like that your, your creative and visual sensibility was evolving almost at the same time as your desire to go ahead and start to think about narrative as another form of creative expression. Um, were there, um, as you beyond, beyond talking about your grandmother and that sounds really powerful when you talk about her telling you stories and her, you know, indulging in you to, to make up your stories too. Um, were there other mentors that came into your world that you felt were supportive? And if so, uh, what was the connection and what did you think they helped provide you with? Yeah. Oh boy, there there's so many there's so many humans to count. Um, I think the person that's coming to mind is um, the uh, the the person who who read the the first text, the first uh, badly grammared filled doesn't even make sense text for uh, the play How to Have Fun the Civil War, and that's um, um, that's the wonderful uh, Marin Ward who was the co-artistic director of Butlum Theater. Um, I remember like, what is that, like six years ago, I, I've gotten my first big opportunity as like a beginning beginning artist to perform out of, out of state. And then the, but, but I needed to 
to share something that was cultural, something that was my crowd. Um, I knew that the theaters that had given me my first opportunities were like these beautiful um, white-lit spaces that often gave you resources to create. That also meant like you had playwrights that were creating stories that weren't necessarily about my lived experiences. So most of my artistic uh, creation or experiences for my first three years was just being in other people's production and just predominantly all these amazing things that didn't really directly speak to my work. So the, the this, oper- this out-of-town opportunity was the first time where I was told, hey, you could not only perform, but you can perform something about your story. And I'm like, yeah, because I don't have anything. Um, nor do I know how to how to do that yet, um, and I think I um, what is it what is it what is it prior to that um, I had just started dabbling on writing, um, and I think that was uh, the, the what is it um, um, that little bit of writing that would become uh, the play is what I brought. It was literally like I think maybe four pages long like full of bad grammars. I brought it to Maran Ward and I was like, Maran, we got to turn this into something Somali. <laughs> and then uh, simultaneously I had created the puppet. I created my first puppet uh, uh, um, who is now called Grandma. Um, and the puppet commemorates uh, uh, my grandmother's uh, life and like surviving a civil war and farming in living up to see the fifth of her generation. Um, I think with the puppet and this bad grammar text, Marin was able to make something just intriguing and exciting, which got me, even myself and others, to be excited what would become this like play that is still alive with me. Um, and I, the, the thing is, like whenever I do like kids' shows and I'm talking to kids and I'm like, Okay, all of you save all your free writings because you'll never know if it will turn into a full-on production that goes out to perform throughout the states, which is what beautifully and miraculously is happening. That's a that's a that's a kind of wonderful arc that you talk about there, and I think um, I think for me, what I appreciate is um, something that I really believe in, which is that uh, mentorship is, I think, been unfortunately, I think it's been typecast as someone with more experience giving advice to someone with less experience. But Mm -hmm. what I've found is that true mentorship is really about an exchange of ideas and perspectives uh, from two individuals with distinctly different life experiences. Um, And so I guess, you know, one of the things I'm wondering is that, so as you're continuing on this arc um, uh, as a maker, um, whether it's through plays or installations or puppets, um, um, are you starting to find opportunities where you're mentoring others? And if so, um, how are you reflecting on, uh, on not being a, a mentee, but more of a mentor yourself? Uh, uh, yeah, what's, what's interesting is that, uh, even the, the, the inclusion of the puppet, uh, sp- spoke to the, the deep need and, and the lack of, um, uh, what is it? Nurturing of of um, of young East African talents. Till this day, I feel like I can't think of another Somali female 
actor who wants to be on stage as much as I do. Um, and I think that just speaks of our larger community disconnect and that the arts is still not reaching to people of color um, in a way that um, that could greatly impact their lives. Um, I think, um, I, yeah, I like, I feel like it was, it was so powerful for me to, to, um, to see and to continue to see all these uh, African-American artists. Cause I feel like mentorship has like all these like mentorships feed you in different ways. There's the mentorship of, of you simply noticing someone has a similar look and life experiences and that giving you the courage to say, if they can do it, then they're almost just like me. I can do it. There's that. And there is the person who actually holds your hand and, and listens to you and, um, and gives you advice. And there's the person, of course, like you emulate from afar, of course, like the great Beyonce and the great Oprah. Um, and you just like these beings just feed you in a different ways. Um, they affirm your existence. Um, they sort of give you, um, somewhat of a template of, of, um, of where to follow and where to be. Um, what is it? Um, I, I do feel like every now and then, um, I get frustrated that I didn't get to see an actual Somali performance, female artist here in the, in, um, in the States or in Minnesota, but I'm like, at least I've gotten this next best beautiful thing. Um, and for me, like, I. There are a lot. There are a lot of uh, young poets. Um, a lot of um, young Somali poets. A lot of like uh, future filmmakers. Um, I'm connected to this young, um, uh, this young Somali girl who um, who wants to make a series. And um, before the epidemic hit, um, what is it? Uh, she actually created um, a playwriting club in that she would write the stories and she would let others act. And I was just like, this is just so beautiful. Like, I'm just going to come and just be in space with you all. And uh, I, I feel like some, sometimes you just, you just need someone to, um, to be in the audience, to, uh, to be around you, to just um, to let you know that what you're doing is okay. Because a lot of times that's, I feel like, as as um what is it um as minority communities we don't even get that which is like you know step one um you know um a validation of what you're what you want to do with your life is um is equally important as all the siblings that are going to be doctors and like engineers and saving lives um yeah <laughs> that that validation is 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 tough right in the sense i mean i think that's that balance between um, uh, wanting to be validated, but also probably not wanting to be typecast. Um, I'm, um, I'm wondering if there are times for you where, um, you don't want to hear someone say the Somali American artist, but rather just the artist. Um, and I'm wondering if you can just talk about some of those identity struggles where on one hand, uh, there's some fantastic opportunities to start to talk about a broader cultural discourse. Um, but if you feel like that there's a point in time where the pressure or expectation that the work that you're doing is supposed to speak about um, um, a Somali voice or a Middle Eastern voice or a, um, a female Middle Eastern voice. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I feel like that, um, 
what is it? Um, that double-edged swords about your identities and all the complexities your identities comes with exists. Um, um, and for me, like I feel like I'm um, I'm think I'm more so thinking about it the ways that it has been a blessing, because I'm like at least someone noticed that hey, the Somali voice is missing from this room. Let's go. Um, let's go find someone who is from that community because that itself means a growth. I feel like five years ago, um, even ten years ago, I feel like we weren't thinking about of these communities. In fact, most of us were saying that these people don't even care for the arts. Let's not even buy, let's not even waste resources on them. And I think so. That that is a huge uh, progress. And I think for me, like I'm. Like I feel like an, another thing. Like I've I've gotten I've gotten the beautiful opportunity to be staged in beautiful prestigious spaces in the states, and we are slowly maturely getting ourselves outside of the states. And it's just been really beautiful to have all these like learnings and growth, and 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 to just recognize um, organizations that would be honest with you and say, hey, we've never done this before. You are coming from a unique culture that is very different from ours. Um, please let us know of, of um, if we make mistakes, which we will make mistakes. Um, and I think uh, the, the, the thing of like um, being like tokenized or either you are the expert in your community or you are the representative or you must like know everything that's happening with your community, um, it was one time where I'd gotten like, I'm, I'm usually like a quiet, like peaceful <laughs> uh, person. There was one time where someone was like, so what do you think of what Ilham posted last time? And I'm like, I'm not a politician. <laughs> Why are you asking me that? So it's, it's, I, I feel like all of us, we, we do feel the pressure that, we are lumped together and we have to represent for the, the a country that is huge and it has so many diverse Somalis and languages and it is lumped together. But I think there are times where I feel like I am grateful for all the identities I list on my artist bio because I feel like our identities comes with these elements of shame, these elements of like not, not feeling proud like it's it's so important for me to add the word refugee because I felt like there were times where American uh, new Americans were made to feel ashamed because they come with a refugee background. There are times where Somalis are made to feel like terrorists or like you know um, people that are up to God, God knows what, and it's 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 a point of privilege and proud and uh, to let the world know that I come with these identities and I create these work and I'm. I'm I'm truly about seeing people's interesting, odd, weird connections. You know, you you mentioned that on one hand, when someone's asking you um, what you think about what um, a specific Congress uh, person said, um, and your response is you're not a politic, you know, you're you're not um, you're not being political, um, and at the same time, I think a lot, you know, a lot of your work really provides a tremendous degree of searing commentary on um, the type of um, xenophobia and sexism and classism that that we see around us. Uh, and so um, 
I guess I'm wondering how do you um, how are you balancing that uh, focus on an aesthetically uh, a craft that has strong um, aesthetic leanings for you um, uh, and ones where you start to feel like you're engaging um, in a response and I'm you know I'm um, thinking uh, in particular of how to have fun in a civil war but um, a lot of your other work feels like um, it's really putting the spotlight in many ways on the audience and not just on the performer I think um, I This is where I have to give credit to one of my least favorite worst jobs, working at a daycare. (laughs) Um, And I, I, I think what I am like utterly fascinated and I'm almost always attempting to recreate is this child wonder and child's innocence and child's intrigue and curiosity. I feel like inherently as all human being, as much as you know, as we carry ourselves to be glamorous and fancy and prestigious, I think at the end of the day, we all want to be curious about something. We all want someone to feed our curiosity. So when I'm creating work, I am looking for like, ah, I, I, I didn't know it was that. Or what is that? So those are like, I'm, I'm genuinely looking for that aha moment from fancy adults to smart adults to God knows what adults and, and, um, what is it? Uh, what is it? Um, and kids as well. And I think for me, like, that's how I'm like, that's how I get to sort of remove the politics, even though I know we live in politicized world, everything is political. Um, but I'm like, um, what is it? Um, as an artist, I can imagine a world where everyone is like seven year old again. And all we want to know is how the world works and just, be um be in in um in this utter bliss of figuring something out knowing something curious and for me like i i remember the first time i ever saw a monk like at a library i was so fascinated i did the bad stare like the the stare that makes people uncomfortable till this day i pray for that fellow i'm like i hope you forgive me but i think for me like um i use that as a bad example that's not what I want. At the beginning of my call, uh, of my art art years, and even till now, a lot of times I take my my artwork on public transportation, and uh, I have these really interesting puppets. And the the human connection I get is out of this world. Like like all these adults and sometimes kids, they all turn into this like you know um, what is it um, what is it um, this curious kid. And I think that's what I'm really curious about, bringing the curiosity out of people and reminding them that this whole silliness about division and about you're so different, I have to fear you, like does not really serve anyone. It seems like that there are so many different metabolisms that you have as you're working um, and as you're responding. Um, and I guess I'm wondering, um, whether the the kind of the metabolism for um, r- writing a script for a play um, or um, or um, practicing lines um, um, in a role of of being an actor um, or going ahead and um, designing and planning and thinking about an installation um, and here we are in this really bizarre moment in time as we're in this global pandemic and I'm just wondering has your have you been thinking um, 
about how your practice has been shifting, has it been shifting? Um, are there things that you're discovering about your own practice now that you didn't know a few months ago? Two months ago, I did not care about scrolling. <laughs> scrolls. Now my latest art is making scrolls um, and making sort of poems that go along with the scrolls. Um, I think uh, I, I, I realized that just like everyone else, I was stuck in this culture of hurry and just being stress high. In fact, I, I noticed I'm like, I'm missing something very important. And I'm like, oh, that's stress. That's stress from having to constantly be working for the future of like that show i need to be there i need to take that airplane to get me there my puppet is in uh, arizona right now i have to someone needs to go get it um and it's just uh, it's just been really interesting to just notice um how we've all become um this um uh, I'm I'm trying to use a better positive words. Like it's it's just been it's just been really interesting to think of. Like uh, I've been creating in 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 a in a culture of pressure and a culture of hurry, and I'm like, oh, I wonder if my work had the the depth and the tender care it needed. Uh, I was just looking at all my latest works, and I'm like, oh, that got created in a hurry. That is missing a tooth. <laughs> That is not fully done. So it's just been really interesting to just notice um, uh, what it, what is it creatively and to see the odd blessing uh, disguised within this like horrific, um, what, what is it, um, pandemic. And I think perhaps maybe everyone else is sort of like noticing that as well. We're all noticing um, whether it's, um, what is it, um, it's the relationship we have with the planet or the relationship we have with our loved ones or with money or with time or with stress. Um, so it's just been, it's, it's, it's a, it's, uh, I'm calling it the great pause for reflection. The great pause. I, I like that. I like the, um, and, and I think that, you know, you mentioned kind of Going back, looking over projects that you've hurried over in the past, are you uh, are you are you thinking about using this time to do some mending? Um, you know, uh, to go ahead and pick out projects that maybe uh, you felt like were done in a hurry or that got frayed over time. Uh, is this the yeah. time to revisit some of these? Well, uh, part of me, I'm I'm a I'm a very anxious person, so part of me is just like you know. Uh, having to find ways to just um, to deal with um, the growing anxiety of what will I be doing two months from now, given that most of our my work is canceled. Um, and so a lot of the time I'm spending uh, time on just like looking for resources, applying for fellowships, applying for grants. So it's it's been and and I think the other time is to like part of me also just honors the work as is because I feel like as artists especially for me um, you honor the work as it is and the idea of editing does not exist but the idea of adding on exists so what does it look like to sort of add on to those work and and honor how they were um, yeah. You know, you know, I start to wonder if one of the points of reflection that we have uh, as a, as a broader community, certainly as a community of makers, um, is we're um, we're a little bit more precious about things now than we were before. 
Um, you know, um, everyone's making sourdough bread because you can't buy yeast. Um, people are um, people are being, you know, they're thinking about channeling a, a pre-generational, you know, for people that have been in this country intergenerationally, they're, they're kind of their, their ancestors that, you know, their, their grandmother that survived the great depression, you know, and how they went ahead and were resourceful. And I start to wonder about that, um, that cultural nature of being scrappy and resourceful. And what does it mean from a cultural practice sense to, um, to conserve um, all the stuff, whereas before we were always focused on producing and expositing and mm. not talking, mm-hmm. and maybe we're um, maybe we're just being a little bit more um, precious and and um, holding up the little morsels a little bit more closely. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I definitely feel like there's going to be this deep need to sort of like un unearth like indigenous lifestyle or like indigenous skill sets i'm i'm weaving right now and um my grandmother was just like phenomenal weaver and i i was too child and wanted to play around and run around to ever pay attention to her patterns and her skills and i wonder if others are doing the same of sort of like unearthing uh like i don't want to call it simple because that is insulting i think it's it's more of like harmonious way of like living i i um i know some friends are like uh fermenting things right now um they're making their own just like you said um they're making um their own sourdough because hey we all got time no one needs to be no one is in a hurry because no one needs to go anywhere Yeah, you know, it is, um, it's an interesting point for connectivity. And I'm, I'm wondering if you've, um, as you're starting to think, maybe because you, um, and as you're thinking about what's next for you and how you, your craft, your craft and your creative practice um, is um, going to move through this pandemic alongside you and get to the other side. I guess I'm wondering if you've given thoughts about, about, um, what leadership feels like because in many ways uh when you start talking about the arc of um uh, expositing um um, a voice that may include aspects of what it means to be a somali american what includes aspects to to be a woman in this society and to be a woman um that is following um specific um you know um religious details um, are you starting to think about your voice as leadership and cultural leadership in particular? That is always a scary question because when I applied for the bush and I failed, <laughs> that's the question they asked. I think um, I think for me, like um, if 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 you were to ask me the question of what what kind of impact you want to have on people's lives. I would be more like, oh, here are all the things I want to do. Um, I think I, I am I I connect deeply more with the word impact than our leader for some reason, because um, I I feel like artists is we we are in the background as much as we are in in front of people, um, and I think at the end of the day, what we truly want is 
is to impact people's behavior, like um, what is what is it? Um, people's hearts. We want people to be kinder to each other. We want people to see each other, and I think those are like those are things that you don't. I, at least for me, like I feel like these are things that are accomplished in a way that is just so mysterious even to the artist um i i would make an art and i would just be amazed at the kind of connections the kind of people who would connect to it and i'm like in 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 100 years i would not have thought to target for this person to make this connection and you're just like this is this is um the art is the seed and the 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 people and the way they connect with it is the earth because you don't know when that seed is going to come out, you know, um, and um, how the earth is going to impact it. So for me, like, I, f- I feel like that is the, the, the sort of, you know, uh, I guess legacy or impact that I, that I want to have. Um, I, I do, I do create work that's really, that's about human connection and like, um, 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 building people's hearts um my my latest art um my uncle stage was uh placed at an area that normally experiences violence and human disconnect and i think what the art did was that it created this tiny tiny little cultural comfort that everyone in the neighborhood just had so much admiration like i would look at i would look at somebody walk into it and i could literally see their face just lighting up the smile just growing and i'm like that's just it you know my tired my aching back and my legs that i can't feel anymore and my throat that's closed i'm like that's nothing if i if we could just bring that tiny little joy to someone and i and i truly believe that you know art has this like the art is the seed and the 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 people and the way they connect with it is the earth because you don't know when that seed is going to come out you know um and um how the earth is going to impact it so for me like i i feel like that is the 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 sort of you know uh i guess legacy or impact that i that i want to have um i i do i do create work that's really that's about human connection and like um 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 building people's hearts um my my latest art um my uncle stage was uh placed at an area that normally experiences violence and human disconnect and i think what the art did was that it created this tiny tiny little cultural comfort that everyone in the neighborhood just had so much admiration like i would look at i would look at somebody walk into it and i could literally see their face just lighting up the smile just growing and i'm like that's just it. You know, my tired, my aching back and my legs that I can't feel anymore and my throat that's closed. I'm like, that's nothing. If I, if we could just bring that tiny little joy to someone. And I, and I truly believe that, you know, art has this like, like, um, art has the ability to impact people throughout their lives. Um, and I think like for me, like I'm thinking about all the art that I saw at the beginning parts of my my life, um, which wasn't really that long ago. 
um, and to think about the impact that it had on me. Um, I think that's when I'm more curious about. I get excited about. No, well, I, what I appreciate about that is that you started off by responding by saying that was a kind of a that's a that's, that's a danger. It's a dangerous and, and scary. And um, and what I appreciated was a really kind of eloquent response to talk about some of those nuances. And and what I um, what I what I'm struck by too is that. Um, uh, much of your much of your work really seems like it delves into a territory of collaboration in a world that still tries to privilege the kind of individual artist and the individual voice um, 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 you're um, you seem like you're working a lot with communities and I think um, you're working with communities of other writers um, of other actors um, of other artists when I think of some of the group exhibitions you've been in um, and my sense is, and I'd love to hear you talk about this, is that degree of collaboration, it always sounds great. It sounds, it sounds noble, but I'm sure that's also been fraught with a degree of, of, of tension, um, of, um, uh, of sometimes maybe misunderstanding of someone else's intention. I, I just, I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about that you've had with the ins and outs that you've had with collaboration. Yeah. I think it's it's not just maybe collaboration. It's just oh, like my beginning years is, is, is walking into spaces and fully knowing that nobody really knows you. And if people know you, then they know all these stereotypical things. I think there's the, there's the the discomfort and the weight of like reading the room and reading the energy of the room and walking into and saying that today I'm I'm uh, am I an artist or am I a peacemaker or am I a uh, cultural educator or am I a, a stereotypical debunker? So there is that always that that weight and that extra added scrutiny, and I know. Um, a, um, a lot of artists of color get burned by this extra work that you have to do. And at, at least I feel like you, you have to do. Like for me, at least I'm like, I want to, whatever rooms I walk into, I want to make it better for the next brown person. So I'm willing, I'm willing to do some, some, some cleaning, some, uh, what is it? Um, uh, what is it? Um, some educational work. So I do feel like at the beginning parts of my year, I definitely gotten a lot of like burns and like emotional exhaust and, um, uh, 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 just, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, just a general feeling of like, uh, what is it? Um, overworked, but not with the art, just with, with the, with the human relationship building. Um, yeah. And, and I think like the art desperately needs a good, uh, human connection. Like if the relationship is good, then the art, the presentation is going to come off. Like, I'm pretty sure you, um, you have walked into exhibits where certain artists' names are not even spelled right. And you're like, this speaks to uh, people that didn't do the due diligence and they didn't do the relationship building they just rushed to it and now the art is suffering and um so I've, I've gotten i've gotten to i've had several experiences of that but i think my my for, for me like i feel like the the big takeaways and the learnings is that you know most of us are we are all new to each other we're all we all come from a different 
walks of life. And I feel like if the mistakes are not happening, that it almost feels like then we're, we're, we're not risking, you know, um, what is it? Um, and, and unfortunately, uh, what is it? Um, we are not going to grow. We're just going to go back to the cycle of like continuing to ignore one of our largest um, community. And uh, so I think for me, like I've just been welcoming a lot of whether it's organizational, uh, uh, which we'll call it um, 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 mistakes, or it's it's just uh, an, another artist as well. Because I feel like for me, like I, I welcome the I, I welcome the growth, um, you know, um, and I want it like I feel like I can't pinpoint an exact example. But I, I feel like that's, that's also like the growth part of it. You're like, I, I, I have so much, you know, respect and honor for the organization and the person that this was made out of like a, a genuine mistake. Um, just like I felt like, you know, that one time I like did the bad stare on the monk <laughs> boy. I felt like there are mistakes that are going to be made because we are coming from a different cultural backgrounds. Something you deem very normal and okay might be completely um, wrong and like uh, prohibited in my culture. And I'm like, how are we going to learn that? Is that going to come up in a random art conversation? It's going to come up in a mistake. Um, so uh, yeah, learning with the mistakes. That learning is, um, it, it's something that I'm wondering, have you thought about and have you had opportunities to uh, impart that on others? Um, are there, is there a specific advice that you've got for um, creative practitioners uh, and maybe, um, maybe uh, other women like yourself that are coming um, into kind of uh, finding their own way, maybe they're balancing cultural um, but they're also thinking about how they're living in a world where there's an intense amount of political vitriol, uh, an intense amount of um, discord. And how are they? What advice do you have for them to hold space and, and rise above yeah. that? I think um, I, I get invited to panels and like, uh, 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 what is it, interviews like this. And I'm always just like, expelling um and for me like i feel like you know this is like i, I don't know that there was a, a wonderful poet i think kari his name is kari jackson he's a phenomenal poet um i honestly asked him a feedback of a performance i did a long time ago and i think he he, he gave me like um, an advice that i till this day live with and, and that is to give all of your energy and everything for the work. Like the work is like this beautiful baby, you know? Um, and so it feels like, like for me, I always prioritize the art. I'm like, I, I almost like most of my art has like names and everybody who works with me knows their names. They, they exist as these like full on identities. And I, that's exactly what I tell to young artists or anyone that asks for my advice. Because then I feel like then, then everyone gets to care and love for this art. And we are all going to do whatever we need to make this art happen. Um, and I think like the more that I prioritize that, the more I sort of like it, it, it it's sort of, um, it shuts down whatever ego thing that I feel like someone scratched it. It just shuts down because... 
it is not about me. It's about this work. And it's about somebody who desperately needs it, who could heal from it, who could finally see themselves in it. And, and I think once we all like prior, it's, it's the same thing of like this epidemic. We all have to do the uncomfortable because we, we love our elders and, um, what is it? Um, what is it? So we are doing the uncomfortable in that we're all locking ourselves in our home for, for people that we love. And I think it's, it's the similar practice of like, you know, prioritize, give your whole heart and attention to the art, then everything else will fall in line, including the other humans. That focus on, on one hand, talking about your own individual voice and at the same time feeling like you're paying a degree of recognition and acknowledgement to your um, intergenerational past that's a part of you. And I'm thinking about that part of our conversation, talking about your grandmother, um, talking about her care and love, but also her storytelling um, and her transmitting that knowledge. Um, and that's, I think that's something that you do see in, um, in Asian and Middle Eastern um, in, uh, cultures, where on one hand, it's that uh, acknowledgement of respect, uh, and at the same time, feeling like you can build your own unique voice. Yeah, you know, um, our elders are, uh, what is it, um, are historians uh, from communities that come from oral storytelling. Um, so, you know, um, if a thing comes and tries to threaten our history, of course, we, we're going to listen to the healthcare officials and do everything they tell us. And um, I think, you know, I, I, I feel, I, I do feel grateful that our Minnesota state is doing great and we are all listening and just caring for each other and doing the right thing. Yeah. I'm so grateful we got a chance to talk together today. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of On Topic. To find out more about all of my guests this season, head to mcad.edu forward slash on topic, where you can find profiles and links of our guests and more information about this remarkable series.